Hey, my big win was doing my backflip on Wednesday. Yeah. That was good. That was really cool. Yeah, do more of those. Mm-hmm. Those do something for your endorphins, I yeah. think. <laughs> it really is something like amazing to be upside down. Yeah, it is, right? Like It's I, very soothing yeah. somehow. It yeah. like resets your life. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Oh. Hi, I'm Big. And I am white. And together, we are Big and White. And you are listening to the Big and White Podcast. A podcast where we explore what it means to be a foreigner in Asia. Bum, uh, so what are we talking about today, White? Today we're talking about making friends. Yeah, we are. We're friends. Yeah, we are. But Still. We, we have like one other friend too. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> at least we only have one space for one friend at any given time. It's true. Yeah. So. I do get excited like when I hang out with someone who's not you or my roommate. Yeah. <laughs> like you guys. I had another <laughs> social interaction today. Have you guys heard there is another person in the world? <laughs> it's a pretty big deal. I'm pretty, pretty happy excited. about it. Hey, hey. <laughs> um, okay, I'm real excited to talk about that. But before we do, I have some other very exciting things to talk about. Yeah. And by I, I mean we. Yeah. We have some exciting things yeah, to talk about. Buddy. Are you ready? Me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we have some drinks here. Yep. That we need to cheers together. A little chink. A little clinky clink. Because we're celebrating me. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Maybe not me. Maybe I mean, also both of you. Us. <laughs> we're celebrating two whole years That's of podcasting crazy. together. Isn't that weird to think about? Like Remember when we first thought of the podcast and we're like, that's weird. We won't do it. Yeah. We did it. And for two years we did it. That's crazy. And we're like still really happy doing it. I know. It is so fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's like more fun than it was at the beginning, I think. Yeah. It's different now. It feels like um, it's not so novel and exciting, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely less energy to plan and put it together Mm -hmm. and record and like remember the first couple times we recorded we were exhausted (laughs) after like it was i it was just such a new thing that we were doing yeah it's real hard to perform with no audience you guys yeah i don't know if you've ever tried it and you also were like i mean this is this is authentically us but you give your you give different sides of yourself to different audiences Okay, Enneagram 3. Uh, <laughs> no, you're right, you're right. But right. you know, like, we're talking about slightly different topics than you would to just like you're, you know, talking to a friend that you mm-hmm. meet on the street or something. Right. So, well, it's not just, I mean, it is a conversation, but yeah, like you said, it's specific and mm-hmm. we want to do a good job. Yeah. So then we have to concentrate hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we suddenly, I mean, I know a podcast is basically a radio program, but it was like we were suddenly. We had to figure out what our radio personalities were like. Yeah, that's like, true. Who are we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like, too, I don't know. I love, like, kind of being the center of attention and telling stories. But usually I do that, like, out of a very 
intuitive place. Mm -hmm. And then now that we're doing the podcast, because I've listened to so many other podcasts, I felt pressure to do a good job, (laughs) you know? And I was like, okay, I have to be articulate and smart, but also funny and I have to balance them all. And it's like, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) so much more forethought. And while you're doing it, thought, is there a word for that? Than just a normal conversation. Yeah. But now that we've been doing it for two years, it's so (laughs) easy and we're experts and amazing. (laughs) (sighs) We have learned a thing or two. Yeah. Just one or two. Just one or two that have stuck with us. Mm-hmm. Anyway, speaking yeah. of sticking with us, yeah. thanks to you listeners yeah. for sticking with us. I We've gotten so much amazing positive feedback from this mm-hmm. podcast, and it's just so fun to be able to connect with people literally all over the world yeah. who love Nepal as much as we do. Yeah. It's so cool. Like, we would <laughs> never have met those people any other way. And by those people, I mean you, literally, person listening. Yes. It's you. Yep. Hi. Like, we have a blast <laughs> making it, and, you know, we can laugh together and stuff. That's true. But honestly, if we didn't have such amazing listeners who, like, really were intentional about sending us messages and telling us that you appreciate the podcast or giving us ideas for um, topics. Or even just, like, commenting on what we say. episode is – a comment from a listener who asked us to talk about how you build community overseas. That's right. So like, yeah, if we hadn't have had all of that amazing support, then we probably would have just stopped recording and just gone back to what we did before, which was just talking to each other. With silent tears trailing down our cheeks. Yeah. That would have been like for the next, I don't know, year straight, probably, probably. don't you think? Yeah. That's what was on the Excel (laughs) sheet that I had written up. (laughs) No, it's like a flow chart. Like if podcast continues, yes, great, be happy. No, silent tears for one year. (laughs) Yes. Luckily, it went another direction. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. Well, speaking of listeners... Are you ready for the other good news? Yes. Do you hear your neighbor ringing a bell to celebrate our good news? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a new Patreon supporter. Yes. We uh, are so excited. I'll drink more of a drink. We didn't say what we were drinking. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You guys, we're drinking coffee with homemade Baileys. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. You guys, FYI, you can make your own Baileys, and at least here, it's a thousand times cheaper yeah. than what you can buy. And then you don't have to buy, like, a whole friggin' giant liter of it. Yeah. I never drink that much Baileys. Baileys tent seems to have a very optimistic perspective on, like, <laughs> like how many people you're going to drink Baileys with or, like, how much you actually enjoy Baileys. You're like, I mean, you're going to drink this every night, right? (laughs) Like, Like, mm, I mean, maybe like a few times a year. And they're like, but every day with your morning coffee. Like, no, I think so. Bailey's, stop supporting my alcoholism. (laughs) Bailey's, definitely not a sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) They asked us, we said no. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) <laughs> on principle we're gonna reject you as a <laughs> oh my gosh okay well anyway we are celebrating lots of things today yep we have a new sponsor on Yay! patreon sponsor supporter supporter yes! patron awesome. that is good news i know we're so excited it, i feel like 
like what you're saying, it's really encouraging to have people connect with us about the podcast, but mm-hmm. also to have people like actually put down money. Yeah. It's like, wow. That's a big leap of faith. I know. Like a vote of confidence. I know. It's pretty cool. It is. So our sponsor is a Nepali human living in New York. Their words, described. Yes. And they asked for their anonymous name to be Sensitive Artist. <laughs> we got you. We got you. So uh, Sensitive Artist is a fan of the podcast and says, please don't stop. We'll try not to. Yeah. We'll do our best. Yep. We're here for you. Mm-hmm. So um, thank you, Sensitive Artist. I'm so happy. Yeah, you're amazing. Um, What's next? Dude, we haven't even talked about our weeks yet. We got so much. We got so much. How was your freaking week, dude? I got things to celebrate. I'm really, I'm really happy today. This is like the most celebratory episode ever. I know. <laughs> People are going to be like really overstimulated listening to us because I feel like the last episodes were, we've been a little bit like, life's kind of hard. Yeah, they're, they're walking into it ready for like one mood and then yeah. we're just like, hello. We start off right away being like, this episode's about making friends. And they're like, I gotta slow down. I'll listen to this later after I've had my coffee. I don't know. Put some Baileys in it. Oh, girl. Or whatever our knockoff version is. Yeah. Baileys with an aspirated B. <laughs> well, it has Johnny Walker instead of Irish whiskey, so I don't know what to call it. Instead of an Irish coffee. <laughs> Get some Bileys <laughs> up in her. <laughs> it's okay. I'm from Arkansas. We can make these jokes. Yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> okay. Anyway, tell me what you have to celebrate. Yeah. Okay. So, you guys, I'm going to make this brief, but basically, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it an old college try. I've been doing a mental toughness challenge that has lasted 75 days. And so when did you start? I started on June 1st, I think. Okay. Yeah, basically you have to do like a certain some certain things every day. So like you have to do two 45-minute workouts. You can't drink alcohol. You have to drink a gallon of water or 3.8 liters of water. Follow a diet. And there's like some other things in there too. And um it's supposed to be about like self-discipline and stuff. So that's been the last 75 days of my life. How'd and that go for you? It was a really good experience. But by the end, I was a little bit worn out. I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> like, we work out pretty rigorously. I don't know if we've ever talked about our workouts before, <laughs> but if you're interested, send us a DM. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so I was just getting a little bit tired out, and I've been... Um, following a, like I've been counting my macros. I don't need to tell you all about that, but basically I've been following kind of a strict diet mm. that is carefully tailored to how I train. Your goals and okay. your training, yeah. Yeah, so today, today was day 76, a.k.a. I'm done. Ah, congratulations! So Big, being the amazing friend that she is, just like completely just jumped on board when I was like, I want to celebrate 
being done with the last 75 days. I really had to sacrifice a lot. Like, uh, yeah. Had to come over for brunch and eat chicken and waffles. Had to go out to lunch with you and go shopping. Had to make Bailey's. It's been a hard day for me. It was a really hard day. But I'm a good friend, so I'm here to support Mm -hmm. you. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just giving myself a little bit of a break. Like, I'm not going on any kind of, like binge or something like (laughs) i'm still gonna be a healthy human i enjoy healthy food legitimately i know she was telling me today i was like oh what did you learn or how have you changed she's like weirdly i crave like carrots now as a snack (laughs) i know you guys hate me it was a surprise to me too but that is what happens i've done the same thing where like when you Stop eating as much sugar. Mm-hmm. Your taste buds like shift. Yeah. And then your body's like, oh, I'm actually craving things I should be craving. And yeah. Like, well, look at you, body. <laughs> so, yeah, today I'm just kind of taking the day to eat whatever the heck that I want, not worry about how much protein is in anything or whatever. Um, I have a big sweet tooth, so I have eaten uh, a lot, let's just say. I would feel sick if I. <laughs> I have. I mean, you ate a donut. I woke up at six a.m. naturally and ate one and a half donuts <laughs> oh from God. the workshop eatery in Kathmandu. Shout Best out. donuts in Kathmandu. It's I feel well great. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, super congrats, dude. Do you yes. have any um, words of wisdom or maybe like one item nugget? That you learned over this challenge? Hmm. Yeah, I guess I'll just say that I was kind of surprised that I was able to kind of do this with, I don't want to just say ease because it was a challenge, but I set my intention at the beginning, like when I said, I will commit to this, I will do it. And that kind of just helped me to just like follow through every single day. Like I knew that I was doing it not because I wanted to lose weight or because I wanted my body to look a certain way or I just wanted to eat vegetables. <laughs> um, I wanted to like gain mental toughness and know that if I set out or if I had a goal and something that I wanted to achieve that I could do it. Mm. And I never really thought of myself as that person. Yeah. Like I kind of thought like, oh, I'm kind of weak willed. Like, you know, I love just laying around on the couch. And if I could do that all day, every day, I pretty much would. Mm-hmm. But I did this thing that was actually pretty dang challenging for 75 days. And I, you know, I didn't cut corners. I did it. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a lot more respect for myself as a result of that. So I would just say, you don't have to do this challenge. Um, but if you are, if you are someone who thinks, oh, well, I want to achieve this thing in my life or, you know, I want to read more, I want to be healthier or something like that, then just you can do it. find a way to do it. Like <laughs> yeah. find a way to live intentionally every single day, like find a way to invest in who you're going to be in the next week, the next month, the next years. And I think you'll be able to actually accomplish more than you think that you will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. And that's been the episode. (laughs) (laughs) See you guys later. Good night. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, that's inspiring. Yeah. I don't have much to say about my week. I'm like, I feel like it's a letdown after your inspiring tale. Oh, sorry. You're the one who asked for a nugget. (laughs) You can cut that out if you want to make yourself sound better. (laughs) I I will. I have the power as the editor.
Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think about, I don't know. I, so this week I have not been doing great. Mm. <laughs> Today's been really fun, but I actually I Skyped with some friends that were in the U.S. And they usually live here, but they left for the U.S. like right before lockdown because they didn't want to be stuck in Nepal for coronavirus. <laughs> and, um, we were just kind of chatting, and they're like, oh, how are you? And I'm like, oh, you know, terrible, but isn't everyone? And, like, their eyes kind of started getting bigger. <laughs> and I was like, how about you? And they're like, no, we want to hear more about you. Like, tell us what's hard. And, like, I was like, well, you know, it's like, each day is fine. It's just a long-term thing where nothing changes. You don't have a lot of structure. Like, I felt like the more I explained it, like, the bigger their eyes got. And they were just like, oh, my God big is not okay and i like kind of was a weird check for me like well i feel like everyone around me isn't okay so i thought it was normal but i guess i guess it's not (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so then i was talking to someone else about it and i was complaining about work and how i'm feeling unmotivated and stuff but then the more i thought about i realized actually I've been super motivated with all of my hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Like, I started playing piano. I used to play as a kid, but I haven't practiced in years. Like, I don't know, two decades probably. And um, I've been doing that. And I've been like, loving it. And I've been incorporating gymnastics into my workouts, yeah. which has been so fun. And I'm obsessively watching YouTube videos of adults doing gymnastics comebacks. Mm-hmm. It's very inspiring. And we painted our house. We're, like, redecorating. So I have all these fun things in my life. And it kind of was actually a good check the other way. Mm. Like, I kind of had this, like, oh, no, my life is worse than I thought. And then talking about all my hobbies, I was like, oh, no, my life's okay, actually. (laughs) It's just work. Yeah. Just my entire career. I just hate my work now. I think it's just... I don't know. Maybe other people aren't feeling this. I realized I have to stop assuming everyone Mm. feels the same way that I do. (laughs) But... The way that our work is right now is we have things to do, but none of them will immediately affect someone else. It's like, this needs to get done, but whether I get it done next week or next year, like, no one will notice. And that's really demotivating. Mm -hmm. And we're we're used to working to pretty tight deadlines often. Yeah, right. So it's kind of weird. Yeah. Anyway, that's... I feel bad and good at the same time. That's how my week went. <laughs> Drink some more Bileys. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, shall we move on from my Debbie Downer <laughs> after your inspiration <laughs> to our topic? We're all doing our best, aren't we? You guys should mm. message us and <laughs> let us know how you're doing so we don't just assume that everyone is kind of crappy feeling from day in and day out maybe you've got some wins in your life (laughs) well our topic for this week is building community overseas Mm -hmm. we've done relatively good at that i think yeah not everyone who moves overseas does that so um we are going to be primarily talking about building community with other expats because that is a, its whole own thing, yeah. separate from building community with people who are from the country that you have moved to. Yeah. Yes. That was a long way of yeah. saying. <laughs> I don't Not know. Not expats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But even if you are not planning to move overseas, something that we realized when we were planning this episode is that a lot of our skills or like suggestions on how to build a healthy community overseas is also just like how to make friends as an adult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which true. is also an important skill to have. And it's hard. It is. Like I remember when I moved after college, when I moved, a lot of my college friends like a year or two later were like Seems like you have a lot of friends in Portland. Like, how did you do that? (laughs) (laughs) Teach me your way. It's like, oh, okay. Um, I will say, though. I feel like we're kind of building like a CV of like why people should listen to what we have to say about making friends. Like, when I moved to Portland, I had friends. And I'm like, I do have developed several friendships over the last Five to seven years. <laughs> I promise. Please look I... at my references here. They'll say that I am friendly and part of their community. <laughs> oh, no. I will say, though, I think that uh, making friends overseas is kind of easier, mm, actually, yes. than making friends as a normal adult in a normal city. Yeah. And by normal, I mean your own country yeah right yeah <laughs> at least that would be our our experience in america mm-hmm. and talking with friends from there and in nepal maybe other like countries are all the expats are horrible horrible people we don't know <laughs> <laughs> spit on you as soon as look at you <laughs> oh, yeah okay well now that we've given a lot of caveats and a lot of references <laughs> let's actually talk about the topic so one big thing way tip concept that we would like to put forward to you as a person who is trying to make friends Mm -hmm. be intentional yep that sounds kind of lame but it's really true (laughs) (laughs) we just i just talked about you know the importance of my mental toughness challenge to like start your day with intention about what you want to accomplish you want to make friends do it with intention. That's true. Sometimes I can feel kind of awkward as an adult to make friends with people because either you might feel like, oh, well, they already have friends. Maybe they don't like want me in their circle. They have established friendships, whatever. Or you just might feel dumb. Like, do you want to be my friend? (laughs) (laughs) But I have literally had people ask me that. Yeah. And then we became friends. So it's okay. Don't feel afraid. To, like, put yourself out there, I Mm -hmm. guess is what I'm saying. You know, if you meet someone that is cool and you would like to connect with them. And, like, at least in our context in Kathmandu, there are so many ways to get connected with people. Like, there are cycling groups that go out a couple days a week. There are, what do you call them, pub quiz Mm -hmm. that you can go and team up with people and knitting groups and (laughs) book clubs and yeah there's all of these ways like I feel like I kind of was a little bit slow to really make really deep friendships with people um but then like once I well like I started going out cycling and I met people who were traveling in Nepal and they were only going to live in Nepal for like two months and there they were in our cycling group, like, making amazing connections. And then they just, like, see random people on the street that they knew, you know. And so I'm like, how have you only been here for, like, two weeks? And you already know more people than I do. Yeah. 
And it's because they were super intentional about it. And they made an effort right when they got to the country to be like, what interests me? Okay, I like cycling. I'm going to go to this group instead mm-hmm. of being like, oh, but I'm new. Maybe they won't like me or, right. you know, maybe they won't care because I'm only going to be here a short amount of time or something. They just kind of went for it. And I yeah. always really respect people like that. That is kind of an interesting dynamic, I think, about being an expat and friendships. Which kind of goes both ways, actually. I think in some ways, because people have a specific amount of time that they know they're going to be here usually, Mm -hmm. then it kind of forces you to be intentional. You're like, okay, I got one year. I got to get in deep. I got to make some friends. You know, it really gets you to jump out of your comfort zone or you don't feel like, oh, I'll just do it next month or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, I do think sometimes people who are here for a really long time, it's easy, at least I've found this is true for me, it's easy to start to get a little bit closed off to people that won't be here a long time. Like you're like, oh, I don't want to invest. And then you're just going to move away after six months or whatever. (laughs) But it's good to be reminded that even short-term relationships can be really impactful. Mm -hmm. I know like one of your really close friends only lived here for a year Mm -hmm. and like you're still connected with her. You visited her. Like she's really important to you, you know. So that's a good reminder, like, oh, if they can have a six-month relationship that's meaningful, so can I, even though I'm not the one who's leaving. Yeah, (laughs) right. So, yeah, like, not just intentionality, but also being open to other people becoming your friend. Yeah, absolutely. Not being closed off to that. Yeah. It is. It can get tiring, like, I already have enough friends, I don't know. Making a new friend sounds hard. (laughs) (laughs) Would you if you say, ever think that, just like give yourself a little slap in the face. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Would you say, because um, I think everybody kind of has a different uh, approach to like how many friends and what types of friendships that they need, Ooh, right? Yeah. Like some people want kind of breadth in their friendships and have like, you know, a big diverse group of friends and maybe everybody doesn't need to know each other. You need like more little circles of people to hang out with. And then sometimes people just need like, they only can handle having two good friends Mm -hmm. at a time or something. What would you, what's your style? Definitely the former. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I also have like quite deep friendships Mm -hmm. as well. Um, but I really enjoy knowing people from different walks of life Mm -hmm. who are here for different reasons, you know, and I feel like I've been quite intentional about when people leave that are (laughs) not that I choose friends by category, but like, for (laughs) example, a lot of my friends are sort of in the circles of our work Mm -hmm. just naturally. And because people who work for our organization tend to stay here longer so they don't leave (laughs) us. So I'll have like this nice group of friends from another, you know, kind of sphere of Kathmandu expats and then they'll all leave and I'm like, okay, time for some new friends. I got (laughs) to add some more into the mix here. like spring cleaning. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely feel like I need a lot of different types of friends or I start to feel a little bit suffocated. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think um, I like having quite a good number of friends. And maybe in Kathmandu, that tends to look a little bit different, even month by month. Mm-hmm. Like, And I think honestly, like, I think I did that in the States. But I think I really have uh, found that to be more important since mm. living here a little bit longer. Because 
like for my first year, I had kind of like a core group of friends and like it was like people, other people I knew and I enjoyed like actually big was part of the like, you know, we knew each other. We weren't working together yet at that time, but we weren't like good close friends yet. I kind of had like my other little like core group of friends. And then everybody left Yeah, (laughs) within like a couple months of each other. Everyone that I was close with left. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what do I do? And that was really hard. That's why you need to diversify. Exactly. So everyone leaves and you don't have any friends. (laughs) All of our, like our friends at Katmandu listening are like, oh, no. (laughs) We're just another token. (laughs) You're just a backup friend. (laughs) But it was like a little bit. It is helpful, I think, to kind of have that Mm, perspective mm -hmm. on friendships. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's a little bit of a coping mechanism, but also, like, not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Yeah. Because, as you probably know, uh, one aspect of expat life is that it's transient. And so you might be the one leaving. Other people might need to um, go back to their home countries or go to a new country. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Diversify your assets, (laughs) my friends. And by assets, I mean your friendships. Yes. Yeah. I think an interesting thing about building community as an expat also, kind of related to that, like, diversity of friendships, is Mm -hmm. just that you kind of end up being friends with people that you might not ever be friends with otherwise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's so interesting. Like, If you do met in your home country, you would have very little in common Mm -hmm. or there would be other people who have more in common, I guess, (laughs) that you would choose to be friends with instead. But since the community here is smaller and you have something in common, which is Nepal, then you're able to connect with people that you might not normally be friends with, which is actually amazing. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It makes such a rich community, I think. That's one of my favorite things about living here, actually. Yeah, I do think sometimes when I think about the possibility of moving back to the U.S., I get a little bit of a feeling of dread. I'm like, oh, no, but everyone will be the same. Yeah. <laughs> They'll all be Americans. How lame. <laughs> what do I even ask them about? It? <laughs> Where are you from? Oh, America. Great. <laughs> Never would have guessed. Yeah, I think that is so true. Like that happens in terms of nationality, in terms of age, especially. Yeah. Um, and for like some people, like maybe if I would have met them in their home country, like let's say they're from the UK or something and I'm the one who has gone to the UK, I would be a little bit on the outskirts because they're mm, in their element. Right. They already have like friends and family set up. Like that's their culture. And I'm the one who has to like kind of make the effort to like step into their circle. And mm-hmm. so I'm like a little bit lower on the totem pole than them. I'm a little bit at a disadvantage, right? And so you can feel a little bit more like vulnerable because of that. but. When you're both in another culture that is not your own, then you're on much more even playing field because you're both figuring out how to fit into another culture together. Yeah. So like things like nationality and age don't matter nearly as much. Right. It's kind of like a big equalizer Mm -hmm. or even not even those things, but also like uh, other status things like maybe what kind of job you do or you know i don't have very many friends who are lawyers but i have a friend here who's a lawyer (laughs) i mean not that like i think lawyers are 
way better than me or something but it's just like we would normally run in different mm-hmm. circles like how would i even meet that person yeah. you know and here it's like oh yeah we play futsal together obviously <laughs> right exactly <laughs> <laughs> i know i love it because it's like our work here is so different and then maybe you get to meet somebody who has like a much higher paying job than what we have Mm -hmm. and like that's not a bad thing at all you're not like oh you're richer than me Mm, i must be lesser than you or something you're like can you like drive me around places (laughs) maybe since you have a car (laughs) that's so true (laughs) like "Mm, you're someone i need to hang out with more I think, too, though, I think the reason it's an equalizer, I mean, like you said, like, we're all outsiders here, but also we're all super vulnerable. Yeah. So normally all of the barriers that you would put up to protect yourself, like, oh, I'm higher status, I'm better than Mm -hmm. you, like, whatever, they disappear when, like, you're both having diarrhea, right? (laughs) That's a silly example, but learning a new culture is so vulnerable, like, I literally don't know how to buy a broom. Like, oh, my God, neither do I. (laughs) And that's, like, a really bonding thing. No, that's a thing you can really bond over. That's true. Right? Like, you know, you may not have that much else in common, but you're doing this really vulnerable Mm -hmm. thing. It's like going through a war together, you know? Like, that bonds people. (laughs) Okay, new (laughs) metaphor, moving overseas is like going through a war. Ooh. Please, please take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> I think you know what I was getting at. That is kind of true. Like the the status symbols are different here because, like, you know, it's like, well, maybe you make more money than me, but <laughs> yeah, go and speak Nepali to that person. I'd love to see you try. <laughs> yeah, it is true. Like those of us who are kind of more like have to speak Nepali for our jobs or whatever. We do get a little bit haughty, don't yeah. we? We're like, mm, he works for the UN and he can't even say namaste, okay? It's <laughs> <laughs> really funny. <laughs> Which I hope that you guys listened to our last episode with Ujval when he gave us Nepali proverbs and he was like, mm-hmm. what's this mean? And we were like, oh. <laughs> he took us down a peg, that's for sure. <laughs> Gotta keep yourself humble, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah, and I think with that, with the fact that you're both kind of vulnerable, I think that people are a lot more open to making community than, or making community? Building. Building community (laughs) than they would be in their home countries. Mm, Yeah. Um, Just because all of your support has pretty much been taken away right chances are good yeah maybe you're not single overseas but maybe you're with your husband and all of your kids oh yeah that sounds hard (laughs) (laughs) who will help me with my children um so i think that people are really ready to make connections with people like first of all when you are doing really vulnerable things together like figuring out how to buy a broom. I'll tell you, it can be hard. It can be dang hard. <laughs> light bulbs. That eluded me for years. Oh, man. <laughs> You're like, there's so many light bulb stores, but how? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which of the bulbs? <laughs> Yeah, when you're doing hard things together, then you kind of like break through the surface immediately. Like there's oh, not yeah. really any. Uh... I think sometimes 
when you're in your home culture, especially because you already have relationships established, mm -hmm. you don't like need other people that much. So yeah. if you make a new friend, you take a while to get deeper and deeper and deeper. It's like a slow process and it kind of, you know, like, oh, I like this person. Oh, I do like them a lot. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like them even more. Mm -hmm. And you keep going deeper and deeper. But when it's, you don't have a lot of support, like you're saying, and okay, I just met you, but I, sorry, I need to ask you a question about like which medicine I need to buy yeah. and can you help me go buy it? <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess like I'll say when I first moved here, there was a gal who had been living here for about four years and she was amazing at modeling this. Mm. Like she just had no awkwardness about talking about things that you normally wouldn't talk about with someone you had literally met three days before, <laughs> you know, she's like, how are you doing? Like do you need to buy this? Like, do you need to cry? Like, do you need to take a nap? Like, it's just like very direct open yeah. questions and like very engaged and also vulnerable about herself. Mm -hmm. She like, this is what's hard for me. And yeah, I just wouldn't expect that out of a friendship that's three days old in my yeah. home culture. Right. Yeah, because you don't start off usually doing something that's really vulnerable in mm -hmm. your home culture. Because you have things figured out in your home yeah. You know how to buy brooms. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, do we. Not anymore, but I did Yeah, once. we forgot. <laughs> completely forgot. Oh, dear. But I mean, in that sense, too, I think partly because of that vulnerability, and also because you don't have your normal support networks, mm -hmm. then your friendships become closer. Like your friends yeah. kind of are your family, yeah. right? Like you mm -hmm. celebrate holidays with them. You babysit their kids. It's that close of a connection that you would normally, most people I would think would rely on their family for. So it's almost like the lines between friends and family are more blurred, mm -hmm. which is really cool. Like you get yeah. to connect with these people on such a deep level. And I think that's what humans really need. I mean, yeah. isn't the pandemic showing us that, right? <laughs> like, we're like, oh, yeah, this should be fine. We can all stay in our houses, no problem. And then we're like, I'm dying. No, why is it so hard? Oh, right, because humans need other people. Yes. <laughs> Which is why, again, like, even if you know, like, if you make a friend with someone who's leaving the country in six months, that's why you're able to stay friends with them if, you know, because oh, you really immediately get vulnerable and you form connections that are pretty deep pretty quickly. Right. It's like a fast forwarded friendship. Yeah. I only knew you for six months, but it felt like six years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. Is there anything that you feel like you've done wrong or mistakes you've made that have hindered your ability to develop community, develop friendships throughout your time here that mm. you would maybe advise others to not follow? <laughs> yeah, I would definitely say that I kind of started off um, a little bit more, I don't really want to use the word shy, mm -hmm. but... Reserved? Yeah, more reserved. Like, I wanted to just kind of sit back and figure out what this expat culture was before mm -hmm. I kind of like dove all the way in mm -hmm. um and that's just kind of a personality thing yeah but it did mean that about the first four to five months of my time here i didn't have that many friends mm -hmm. and um and i got things done because like our organization has really good support so like i had what i needed but yeah like 
I really thrive off of having a lot of friends and being able to have like lots of human connections. So that was really difficult. So I don't know exactly know how to avoid that other than to say, if you're going to be going into a similar situation um, and know that you are a more reserved personality type, maybe just start thinking about ways to like make an effort to, again, go back to our first point, be intentional, Mm, like figure out um, groups that you can be involved in or just like small steps that you can take, like find one person soon into moving that you can just straight up ask, do you want to get a coffee with me? Yeah. Like, because, and I have asked people, not just like in Nepal, but like in America too, I'm like, pretty much, you're really cool. Do you want to be my friend? Yeah. And they always say yes. Right. (laughs) Because people need human connection. Exactly. So yeah, just... I guess prepare yourself for that. Or if you're going through something like that right now, like just start thinking about how you can take a step forward and prepare yourself to also, I think preparing yourself to be the one who makes the move Mm. is really important because I think sometimes we think like, oh, well, if they were interested in being my friend, then they would be nicer they would ask questions yeah. about my life or you yeah. know something like that like they would show interest i would know but like everybody's freaking struggling and doing the best that they can and they're worried about you know oh well if if they were interested they would be asking questions <laughs> about me so yeah. like really the stakes are so low if you really think about <laughs> that's it that's a really good point yeah like if you are interested in someone and you ask some questions about their life and They're like, yeah, I don't want to talk to you. You could just be like, okay, try the next person. (laughs) And you know that you won't want to be their friend anyway. Exactly, yeah. It sounds like we're going back to elementary school, but, like, it's really true. (laughs) This actually happened with one of my friends here who is, like, one of my best friends from Nepal now. For the first, I don't know, six to eight months, we both thought the other person was too cool. <laughs> oh, I'd love to be friends with her, but she's really cool, and I don't know if she'd want to hang out with me. <laughs> when we became friends, I found out she thought the exact same thing about me. <laughs> so anyway, let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> yeah, and like I've had friends like that where, you know, finally I was like, oh, they're so cool, but you know what, like... I want to be friends with them. Do you want to go for breakfast one day? And they're like, yes, of course. And then like two months later, they left the country. And I was like, I could have done this with them for the last two years. Like I missed out on that time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's nothing you can do about that. But sometimes there is. Yeah. (laughs) So true. Yeah. What about you? Any mistakes that you made? Yeah, I would say mine is kind of a small thing, but the plagues me forever (laughs) is that when I'm not doing very well like if I'm in a bad mood Mm. or I'm kind of depressed or I'm grumpy I think that I want to be alone Mm -hmm. but I actually need people yeah so like I'll just be in kind of a funk and then I'll go have coffee with someone go to dinner with at someone's house and then I'm in a great mood after that and I'm like aha yes <laughs> I what I thought was the problem was actually the solution yeah so for me I've found it helpful that especially if I'm in a weird place like because of culture shock or because of depression or because of whatever things are going on mm-hmm. in my life 
I have to be intentional about scheduling social things. Yeah. So I have friends, but I need to make myself engage with them. Mm-hmm. And then that continues to build my community because even though I am quite extroverted and I love people, I think my default is to think, oh, I need to cocoon and hide from, yeah. from people when really I actually need the opposite. Yeah. So. I think that's a really good point because – If you're in a new situation, like a new city or in a new culture, you're gonna be stressed out and all of your stress is going to manifest in a particular way. I agree with you. I do the same thing where I think that I just want to be alone. And that's such a slippery slope because it's actually making the situation worse. But the more alone that I am, then the more that I want to be alone. It snowballs. Uh, It's kind of the worst. So... (laughs) Um, just a thought, but maybe no matter where you are, think about what, like, when do you thrive mm, yeah. in your relationships? Like, mm-hmm. or when, if you're, you know, let's say you're thinking about moving overseas and you're living in your home country right now where you kind of do have things more figured out. Right. Think about, like, notice how you react to stress and how, what a solution to that is mm-hmm. and take literal note of that yeah write it down because you will forget (laughs) yeah so then you can remind yourself yeah well and just i think also along with that observe how you thrive in community and how you thrive in relationships Mm -hmm. because like we said at the beginning both of us are the kind of person that likes to have more of a diversity of friendships but that's not how everyone is. Like some people do their best when they just have you know five really deep friendships Mm -hmm. all with people that know each other that's totally fine. You know, it doesn't, no one's judging like the types of friendships you have, but you need to know what works for you and make sure you get that or you will have lots of problems. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you move to a new area, it's natural that you will rely on relationships from your last place that you lived. Like Mm. that's natural Mm -hmm. and that's good. I don't think that it's healthy to completely sever ties yeah. with all of your friends <laughs> that you left behind. Um, we know some people who have basically done that and just completely just like, I live in Nepal now. This is my entire life. This yeah. is my whole environment. We have the internet. You don't have to do that. Yeah. But I also think that it's natural that as you live somewhere longer and start making more connections then your reliance on those relationships in your previous place lessen a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not that they go away. You still want to like or they keep change. up with your friends. The dynamic changes, yeah. right? So just maybe pay attention to that. It is hard. I think being an expat, you always have one foot in each place, mm-hmm. you know, or it might be more than two feet. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's something that you have to balance. You can't fully just totally dive in where you are. Yeah. Like you still have to maintain a little bit of your other relationships. Mm-hmm. It might change like the percentages or the amounts that you're relying on people locally versus back yeah. home might change over time, but it's something to be aware of and mm-hmm. not just let it happen naturally. Again, right. intentional. Intention. Um, but it also, I'll say, like, if you're listening and you think, oh, well, 
I just moved overseas, which if you found a way to get out of your home country, <laughs> then kudos to you. Maybe they're listening to this in like two years. Who knows? That's true. <laughs> Ooh, hello. Ooh, hi, future. The future. <laughs> um, if you did just move overseas and you think, well, I don't need to make that much effort because I have an amazing group of friends in my home country and they are all I need. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you need people in your life that know things like how to buy a broom <laughs> and how culture shock affects you. Yeah. How to ask hard questions like, how are you doing? Do you need to cry? Mm-hmm. Do you have diarrhea? <laughs> like, things like that. The important questions that you learn when you move to Nepal. Yes. Your friends back home will probably not ask you. <laughs> And also, like, your friends in your new country are a bridge to that culture, Mm. right? I've learned so much about Nepal from my expat friends because they have an outsider perspective. It's really hard as an insider to explain your own culture, you know? But when I'm like, ah, geez, I don't know how to deal with this conflict or, like, what's my role in this situation, then some of my expat friends who've lived here for 20 years can Mm -hmm. tell me, like, oh, well... You're high in the hierarchy, so they're expecting you to do this. They're yeah. expecting you to give money. They're expecting you to what you know behave this way, which I never would have known without my expat yeah. friends. Yeah. So, on a practical level, it is so helpful. Mm-hmm. And make friends with people who've lived in that country a long time too. Like I think, depending on your situation, like for example, if you're in something like the Peace Corps, where you arrive with a bunch of people all at the same time, mm-hmm. it would be easy to just only connect with those people because right. you all have a similar experience. But trying to reach out to people who, you know, have lived in the country for a long time mm-hmm. or have different types of experiences than you is also super valuable. Yeah, like it's what not are- just a support network; it's an information source. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um. Maybe just to kind of wrap this up and make it super applicable. Mm. Um, do you have some ways that people do? I have any friends? Find no. friends? <laughs> you don't need friends. You have me. That's true. <laughs> I am all the diversity of friends you need. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. What was your question? <laughs> um. Do you have any suggestions for how people find these friends that we just said they so desperately need? That is a great (laughs) question, and I think one of the challenges. I mean, you talked about at the beginning just connecting over things that you enjoy doing, Mm -hmm. and I think that's probably the number one way. So if you like jazz, go to the jazz club. Do go to the jazz club. If you like to play football, soccer, go find a place to play that. If you are religious, go to church. Yeah. Just connect with people over things that you have commonalities with, mm-hmm. right? That's a great way to start. Um, I'm trying to think of other ways I've met people. A lot of the people that I've met, have I've met through other people. Yeah, like that's Friends are friends. I think mm-hmm. both in my home country and here is a really, I mean, if you like this person and they also like this person. Maybe you like each other. Ooh. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and I have one more that I'm a little bit embarrassed yes, to say. But I've been waiting. <laughs> it's very legit. It's, I make friends through dating apps. <laughs> <laughs> and not on purpose because, like, some dating apps have an option for, like, 
you just want to be friends. Or sometimes they'll have the, like, looking for friendships, hookups, long-term, whatever. Like, I don't check I'm looking for friendships. (laughs) That's not my goal. But multiple times I have gone on dates with people, ended up being friends with them, and then also met their friends. Yeah. So... (laughs) Still Pro tip, friends with them. Be single and desperately searching. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm still friends with some of those people, yeah. which is like amazing. But I think again, that kind of goes back to the expat community thing of like, I don't really see that happening in the US as mm-hmm. much. But people are just here to learn and enjoy and you know. That's true. I like I'm thinking about like the US culture and I wonder not having that much experience. But, like, thinking, like, a place like New York or, uh-huh. you know, like, a somewhere where a lot of young people tend to move and mm. they're far away from their home connections and stuff. Like, there's a lot more availability for, like, oh, I, yeah, I'm going to go and do, like, Bumble for friends or mm. there's, like, other yeah. online things, like... I'm interested in pottery. There's like the meetup meetup website. Have you heard of that? Mm -hmm. It like helps you, you know, say like, oh, I want to go hiking and I don't have any friends who hike. Like you can find a hiking group on there or whatever. Yeah. In Kathmandu, we don't have that so much, but we do have quite a few Facebook groups. Mm, Yeah. Um, Kathmandu expats is one example of Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Um, Trying to think. What's that British thing where they run yeah, and drink beer? Yeah, I was trying beer? to think of that. It's something <laughs> hound hash 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 Harry hash. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's all about hash 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 house harriers. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. alliterative. If you're interested in uh, running and drinking beer. It's quite wholesome, though. I think some children do it, too. They yeah. just don't do the beer drinking It part. looks really fun. They I give know. you a nickname. I and know. I've always like, wanted to try it. It's something that exists all around the world. I think it's originally a British thing, mm-hmm. and now they have, like, you know, people running little clubs all around the world. But yeah. Do you have any ways to meet people that I didn't already say? Just be friendly. Yeah. Like... Just be open to chatting with people. Like, we've, well, here's a really good example. (laughs) We've hung out at a farmer's market. Yeah. And met people there. Yes. (laughs) Then from there, met all of their friends. Yeah. It extends out. Yep. Which, again, like, just ties into the fact that the expat culture is really open. People mm-hmm. want to make friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We will drill this into your mind. We know <laughs> that not everybody wants to sit at coffee shops and be like, oh, hello, yes, what country are you from? Oh, no, do you want to be my friend? Well, that was creepy. Um, don't do it that way. Pro tip, everyone. Don't, don't. That, I, that is not part of, yeah, our advice. Yeah. Um, yeah, be yourself. Be open. Go make friends. Go make friends. Do it. Okay, shall we move on to okay. our segment? Yeah. Sagamanta? <laughs> so our segment of the week is about everyone's favorite topic, video chatting. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> It's a worldwide phenomenon. Everybody is so over Zoom at this point. We realize this. Yeah. 
It's been, you were excited about it. You did the filters. <laughs> I feel like, though, it's kind of done like a weird, like, at first we were interested and then mm-hmm. we hated it and now we've plateaued. Yeah. Like, I guess this is life now. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Same <it> over. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, the reason we wanted to talk about this was we read this article and the title is, The Problem Isn't Zoom Fatigue. It's morning life as we know it. Bum, bum, bum. And it's still true. I know. Yeah, it it was quite a while ago that someone wrote that article, but it was a really interesting observation, I think, because we were all talking about like, oh, I'm so tired of meetings online and blah, blah, blah. But I think it's like a lot of the stressors that have come from Corona and just the world changing around us. They aren't immediate things that you necessarily notice. But it's just an underlying, continuous, low-level stress that Uh over time is very fatiguing. Uh And I think this is one of the things. It's not like online meetings in themselves are really difficult. I mean, there are some things that make them harder, right? Like, you have to be more engaged. You can't read people's emotions and body language as easily. There's different things like that. But the real thing that I think is maybe subconsciously going on in a lot of people's minds is like, but this meeting could have been in person. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and it's sad. Mm -hmm. It's hard. Or maybe partially like that you kept thinking like, oh, if I just grin and bear it, then I'll only have to do Zoom meetings for a couple months. (laughs) And you're like, wait a minute. That was seven months ago. Mm -hmm. We're still doing it. I know. It's really interesting. I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how a lot of companies are kind of going, oh, actually, this is great. Now we don't have to pay for office space now that Mm. everyone's used to working from home. And I just feel like maybe people think, I mean... (laughs) Maybe you think you like working from home, but you don't. (laughs) No, but actually, um, there have been studies where they have groups of people work fully from home, work partially from home, Mm -hmm. so like alternate days or something, and then work mostly at the office. And they find that the people who are the most productive are the ones who do both. Mm. So... If you work all at the office, you might have a lot of distractions or whatever or commute time. But if you work all at home, you lose that element of having a dynamic with other people Yeah, where you're connecting with them and you're bouncing ideas off of each other. And like just simple things like you don't get to know your coworkers in the same way because you don't just bump into them in the hall or in the kitchen during lunch or whatever. A Zoom icebreaker can only do so much. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And I think a lot of companies are like, oh, this is going well. And it's like, yeah, it's because everyone who works at your company has been doing that with each other for mm-hmm. a while. But when you get to a point where most people are new and no one has met in person, what's that mm-hmm. dynamic going to be? That's hard. Yeah. Especially when we've just spent like an hour talking about how badly we need human connection. Exactly. Exactly. We were talking about, too, um, like often what we have experienced with what they've called zoom fatigue and what other people have told us is like oh it's so hard you know like like i don't know if you guys have ever given a presentation on zoom oh my God. but that's like <laughs> so exhausting because people are hopefully muted mm-hmm. you don't get to hear their reactions you don't get to like see you know like any interest 
It's just you get silence. no feedback. Yeah. So you like can't get energy from anything that they're saying. It or... makes you realize how much you work off of other people's energy, yeah. right? Yeah, and so and that really is so exhausting. Yeah, and um and we realized that that's what we felt like when we were recording for the first time, right? Like we were talking about earlier in the episode, yeah. like oh, it's so exhausting at first, and that's what it was because mm-hmm. we didn't. We're trying to do this performative thing with no audience. And yeah. that's kind of what Zoom feels like. You're sometimes. just kind of sending something out <laughs> into the universe. Like, I and hope then this is working. Like maybe you're like, okay, I'm, I've built up my courage. I'm going to unmute. And then they're like, why, why, why we can't hear you? It doesn't say that you're muted, but we can't hear you. <laughs> like it's so, it's a different kind right, of vulnerability. All the technology. And yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. And as much as you don't want to blame people when their technology goes kaput, you always do. <laughs> like, yeah. what are you doing wrong on your computer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though it's not their fault. The other day we had a meeting and I realized afterwards, because everyone was like, I can't hear you. What's happening? Uh-huh. I realized that. I had a sticker covering my microphone. <laughs> I'm like, you guys, Zoom is not new to us because we live like far away from lot like. Oh yeah, we have meetings with people all over the world and have done so for years, years and years. This is not new, and, <laughs> and I we freaking my SpongeBob sticker was covering my microphone. <laughs> it's like you freaking idiot. Oh my god. <laughs> Speaking of that, though, I will say it's not all bad. Like, I think this culture of getting used to video chatting is actually kind of benefiting mm. us as expats yes. because, I mean, like we said, we're used to having international meetings on Zoom or mm-hmm. Skype or whatever with our colleagues. But at least for me, I've found that now a lot of my friends in the U.S. are more comfortable with video chatting. Yeah. Like, literally some of them only had Skype on their computer to talk to me. <laughs> like they never video chatted for any other reason. Yeah. But now it's such a normal thing. Like and now I get to get together with my high school friends. There's a group of six of us that all live in different cities. And, you know, we could have been doing this the whole time. Yeah. It's, not, <laughs> it's not like there was a barrier, but I think people are just getting more open to the idea and used to mm-hmm. the idea of using video chat. Yeah. And they finally started updating Zoom. We'd been waiting for that for like four years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm glad. They really stepped up to the plate. Yeah, they did. Now you can have a mustache on your face. Ooh, I haven't used that it's feature. a brand new one. Check it out. Next <laughs> meeting, I'll be there. <laughs> anyway, all that to say, it's not just Zoom fatigue. It's morning life as you know it. Bum, bum, bum. Oh. <laughs> We'll adjust. Yeah. Humans are incredible. It's weird. We're very adaptable. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, that's not the greatest note to end on, but (laughs) should we circle back? Speaking of corporate meetings. To relationships? So let's circle back to, no. Oh, what? Our celebration. Yes. Two years, baby. Two years and counting. Yeah. It's been a good two years. Thank you so much, listeners. We love you. You guys are the best. Yeah. We really appreciate you. We really do. We wouldn't still be doing this without you, so. Absolutely not. Please continue. Keep validating us. To validate us (laughs) through Instagram, Facebook, email, Patreon, our website. Yep. 
all the things. We've been talking about connection this whole time, yeah. and there's so many ways that you can connect with us. Keep connect. asking us questions. Connect. Tell us how awesome we are. Connect. Uh, tell us how bad we are. I don't know. Maybe just a little bit. Be nice. Yeah. I'll be sad. Yeah. But I, I do want honest feedback, but in a nice way. Yeah. Be friendly. Okay, well, I think I'm going to hang up now because I want to go eat more food with you. Oh, yes. <laughs> I think I'm done with the call. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you should hang up now. My hands are full. We haven't used that Nepali outro, but that is a thing that we get to say in Nepali phone conversations. True. We say, I'm done with the call. I'm putting the phone down. Okay, bye. Coffee with homemade Baileys. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. We are regular old house marms over here. <laughs> like, Is that a house marm drink? We don't even go to the liquor store. We make our own <laughs> liquor. Suck it. Yes. Well, I did buy the whiskey. <laughs> we didn't, yeah, I'm we didn't not at that steal level. our own whiskey. <laughs> Little Mr. Johnny Walker. We didn't milk the cow for the cream. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fine. Maybe we're not straight up house marms. We're like hipsters. Oh, man. <laughs> Is that the next step down? I mean, yeah. We have like. Our extent of our urban gardening is like two little plants in the kitchen window. <laughs> That's the hipster way. Mm. <laughs>